here on Everything Allegedly, we like to get into some of those fringe topics, some of those conspiratorial topics that nobody else wants to talk about. You know, the crazy ideas. And so that's why I have with me today none other than Nikki Haley, somebody who's got a lot of really crazy ideas. And you're going to tell us about one uh, of those today, right, Nikki? Remember when I told you Putin hit rock bottom? When you told me Putin hit rock bottom? No, I, I must not have been listening, but go on. Hamas invaded Israel and did all that brutality on October 7th. Uh, yeah, it was on October 7th, all right. October 7th is Putin's birthday. What? No. Who's the happiest person in the world right now? Putin. Why? Wait, are you suggesting that the October 7th attacks were somehow like a birthday present for Vladimir Putin? We now know the Russian intelligence is what helped Hamas know how to get through that barrier. Wait, so you're saying that Russia is how Hamas got through the Israeli border. Now, Haley, <laughs> we talk about some crazy shit here, but that's just a little bit too much for me. See the connections. Welcome back to Everything Allegedly. Thank you so much for joining me today. Really do appreciate it. And uh, that's good advice from Nikki Haley. We should see the connections, except for when they're obviously crazy, <laughs> like her crazy conspiracy theory there. Wow. It was, it was a good one though. It was, uh, it was out there. Oh, <laughs> uh, so let me get this right, Haley. Uh, now, uh, Putin is somehow responsible for the October 7th attacks, huh? That seems uh, that seems completely unlikely. What seems likely is that you are trying to drum up more business for your buddies in the military-industrial complex. Yep, in fact, I'm sure that's what it is because uh, I didn't even need to cut up that uh, that clip very much. In fact, in the clip, she is saying exactly that. I didn't do... Any funny business with that clip, um, that's exactly what she's telling this group of, uh, well, I'm sure they're corporate donors. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, as the great uh, Dave Smith says, she's not actually campaigning for the vote of the people. She's just, uh, she's campaigning for the special interest and the war lobby and uh, and those kind of people. Not us. Uh, you know, going to war doesn't do anything good for us. She's talking to them. She's talking to the people who make the bombs. And, uh, and she's trying to create some uses for those bombs, which, which I don't work, which I don't want. I don't want that at all. And, you know, I was thinking about when I heard this, I'm like, you know, she didn't come up with that. <laughs> she, she obviously didn't come up with it. She's never had a, uh, a, uh, an original thought in her life, but I just thought, you know, how funny was it that the speechwriters were probably sitting around a table, kind of workshopping their ideas or whatever. And, uh, one guy says to the other one, did you know the October 11th attacks happened on uh, Putin's birthday? Oh, yeah. Hey, what a weird coincidence that is. And the other one's like, wait a sec. You should totally put that in Nikki's speech. He's like, no, I can't do that. That's crazy. Nobody would believe that. That's stupid. The guy's like, no, do it. She'll say it. She's like Anchorman. She'll read whatever's on the teleprompter. Just do it. I dare you. <laughs> And sure enough, she said it because, of course, she did. Of course, she did because she's a prostitute for special interest. She's just a uh, a, a military industrial complex lackey, and her job is uh, is to create war. Her job is to sell destruction. That doesn't sound like somebody that I want in the White House. And you know what? Oddly enough, Oddly enough, on this very day, <laughs> I received an email from my town's Republican committee asking if I would be interested in taking a bus 
to New Hampshire so that I could canvas, so that I could knock doors for the Nikki Haley campaign. <laughs> oh, I sent back a quite sarcastic email on that one. And I doubt that I will be asked to uh, partake in any of the uh, meetings or activities for the Republican Town Committee here in my town anymore. But you know what? That's fine. I'm not even a registered Republican anymore. I just get their emails because I think they're hilarious. But I got to imagine, what would I say if I was one of the door knockers for uh, for Nikki Haley, uh, uh, some some nice uh, New Hampshireian opens the door and I just say, well, hello there. I am here on behalf of the Nikki Haley campaign. They're like, yeah, how can I help you? Oh, well, I just wanted to tell you about all the great things Nikki Haley has to offer. Okay, go ahead. Well, uh, whew. do you work for a defense contractor because she's really good on jobs if you work in the defense sector? No. Okay. Uh, hmm. Do you just generally like wars? No. Okay. Well, you know what? She's got a pretty face, so she can sell death and destruction, but also she looks really nice doing it. Oh, and by the way, did I mention that um, she was the ambassador to the USA to that evil, evil organization called the UN? Huh. Still not on board here in the free state of New Hampshire. Well, all right. Well, thank you for your time, sir. <laughs> I imagine it would go something like that. And by the way, just a PSA. I know there's quite a lot of boomers uh, who listen to my show. And uh, God bless you guys. But please do not support Nikki Haley. Good Lord, don't support Nikki Haley. I forgot who it was who said it, but they said uh, she's just John McCain in drag. Or um, maybe like a tranny George Bush. But um, anyway, we're getting ourselves into a lot of wars if you vote for her. So sorry for that uh, long intro and uh, tirade there. But let's get into the actual show. Let's get into what we're going to talk about today because we're going to talk about 2024. And this is episode 33. Woo. <laughs> is that a bad omen? Or maybe it's a good one. I don't know. But we're a day or two into... Uh, 2024 here, but I'm still going to do some predictions anyway, and I'm going to talk about 2023, kind of what happened there, and uh, just talk about the year, uh, the year that we're in, the year to come, and uh, see if we can't uh, nail some of these predictions, and then uh, no, 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 maybe we'll look back later and uh, realize that I was ridiculously off on everything, and that'll probably be a good thing. Let me. Let me tell you, I am rooting against myself on uh, on these ones. I hope my predictions are wrong on most of them. But anyway, let's um, just want to say 2023 was a great year. It was a great year for the show, and I have to thank you guys. Thank you so much for that. There was really an outpouring of support this year. I heard from so many of you, and uh, thank you so much for that. Thank you for all the likes the subscribes, the shares, the reviews, even if I had to uh, bribe a few of you for them. Thank you so much. And because of your support, the show has grown a lot. And um, and I'm having a lot of fun doing it. So thank you so much. It really makes me feel like uh, like this is worth doing when I hear from you guys. And uh, and it's just, it's just a nice feeling. But uh, I really enjoy doing the show. I'm having a lot of fun. Thank you so much for that. And a little uh, couple of tidbits here. So the top, the top shows of 2023, I'll tell you, the top shows of 2023 were a bit surprising to me. I uh, don't pay that close attention, but I did look back on it and uh, found out that the top three shows, 2023, were uh, Tartaria, surprising to me, uh, Childhood Vaccines, and Medicine. So happy that uh, I, I'm particularly very happy that that uh, childhood vaccines and and medicine topped the list because those are kind of my favorite topics to talk about. So um, I'm guessing that I'll get a little more heavy into the medical topics this year to come because I, I do like talking about those. I'm very interested in them, and it seems like you guys like hearing about them. I'm a bit surprised about the Tataria episode, though. Uh, maybe we should get into that more. I, uh, I really like that topic. I think it's a lot of fun. 
And uh, thank you guys so much for uh, listening and, uh, and and maybe sharing and making those episodes the uh, the top episodes of 2023. And now before I get into uh, what's what's going to happen in 2024 uh, generally and, and even for the show, I'll get into what uh, what what me personally what I'm going to be doing uh, with uh, 2024. These would be like my personal goals. I guess you could call them um, resolutions, although I don't usually make uh, New Year's resolutions. But, um, you know, I have some goals. I always have some kind of goals in the uh, <laughs> some uh, some some things up in the air that I'm working on. And, and so this year for 2024, for me personally, I am going to be working more on my prepping and my preparedness. Uh, I think that is going to be uh, tops on the list. Of, uh, of things that I'm interested in and things that I am uh, sort of doing with my time and, and occupying my brain. And we'll get into the reasons a little later of, of why I might be doing that. I know we got some more chickens coming. We got a bunch more chickens coming at the end of February. Very excited for that. I, uh, I love our chickens and, uh, and how much they provide for us. That's really cool because they eat all of our table scraps, which is it's just great because you don't feel like you're wasting anything because you're not. Because you feed the chickens that stuff, and then they make eggs for you. So that's really great. Going to definitely be getting uh, uh, more guns. I don't actually need any more guns from a prepping standpoint, but it's a hobby of mine. Really interested in guns and uh, and kind of gunsmithing, working on them, building them. Love that stuff. But I will be getting more ammo from a preparedness standpoint because ammo may be getting uh, increasingly difficult to come by. And uh, you, you don't have to take my word for it. Uh, Vista Outdoors, which is, I, I believe, the largest producer of ammunition uh, in the U.S. Well, for one, they just sold off their ammunition division because they make a lot of other stuff. They make, like, camping stuff, and, 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 and they have firearms companies, not just ammo bunch of outdoor stuff as the name would imply but they sold off their ammunition division for 2.1 billion dollars i believe uh right around two billion dollars but then before they did that they came out with a press uh a release that said that ammo prices are set to increase significantly so in quotes significantly that's that's their words not mine in 2024. So they said ammo prices will increase significantly in 2024. And uh, so their actions of selling that division and then also saying that the prices are going to go up. Well, that says that you should get some ammo now. You should get ammo now because uh, especially if wars break out, right? If wars break out, it's going to be even harder to get. So do that. Get some of that. Uh, be like me and get some ammo prepared. And I'm also going to try and prepare my mind in 2024. Got to have a positive mindset. As we've gone over on this show before, talking about this stuff can be a heavy burden sometimes. And, uh, you know, I think I have a bit easier time with it because uh, as, as I have talked about my sobriety and the, uh, and the hell that was uh, drug addiction before that, well, it really prepares you to deal with shitty situations. And... And so I feel like I'm uniquely poised because even with all the crazy stuff going on, it doesn't really bother me that much. But I did have a couple of interactions with people recently who are really, really bothered by this stuff. And it just kind of messes with them to the point that, I don't know, maybe they shouldn't be concerned with this stuff. But I hope they're at least around people who are because it's good to know this stuff, but it's not good to obsess about it to a point where it messes with your mental health. Because then what's the point? We got to enjoy this life. We got to enjoy ourselves. And despite all this stuff going on, we got to keep a peaceful mindset. Preparedness can help with that. The physical preparedness, feeling prepared for what's to come can help put your mind at ease so you're not worried all the time. So uh, let's uh, let's all work on our, our mental health. That would, be a, that would be a good thing to do. And along with mental health, uh, you know, your physical health is so important. I'm taking this a bit more seriously now. Definitely lifting weights more. I'm doing a lot of weightlifting. It really does clear your mind when you're 
when you're lifting weights to the point of it uh, of ex- to exhaustion and it and it hurts, it really does clear your mind. And um, and and, uh, <laughs> and uh, taking my diet a little bit more seriously, and to mix two things together that I've already talked about. Uh, <laughs> I've been drinking a lot of egg shakes. I drank uh, raw eggs mixed with raw cream and raw milk and a little bit of maple syrup. And I'm telling you, this is so good. It's a huge amount of of proteins and fats. It's like the best thing for you. And uh, maybe I'll get into why on a future episode. I'd love to tell you guys why raw eggs are just about the best thing that you can eat for fitness. We'll save that for another day. Also on my list of things to do this year is uh, to do a finished basement. But where that's relevant to this show is it means that uh, get a new studio. I'll get a quieter spot. I know sometimes the show gets interrupted by the uh, <laughs> the air handler and people running around upstairs. But get a proper studio going and uh, get some uh, some video working. Also. Uh, going to be doing some woodworking, some, uh, some tattooing, actually, uh, not going to be tattooing other people, but this is more like a meditative thing I've been getting into. It's a lot of fun and it's a skill that you have to work on. And when you're doing it, you can't concentrate on anything else. You're very much in the moment. So it is, uh, it's quite meditative to do. That's one of the new hobbies I've picked up. I always have some. And so what can we expect for uh, 2024 uh, for the show? Now, I do want to mention, if you're listening on Spreaker, you've probably heard ads on the show. And initially I said I wasn't going to put ads on the show. And I still feel the same way about them. But my wife, my wise and beautiful wife, pointed out to me that maybe, although the user experience is... mm, slightly not as good with ads the podcast hosting companies may be pushing monetized podcasts more because after all that's how they make their money they make their money by inserting ads into the shows and so naturally their algorithms would favor those shows that they make money on and i thought that was very insightful so you know what If you see ads coming to the show or if you're already listening on Spreaker where it's monetized, well, just know that that's the motivation behind it. I want the message to get out to the most people that it can. And it seems like ads are a good way to get that algorithm working uh, in our favor. I'm going to be doing interviews. uh, Like I mentioned, I've got a few of them lined up so far. A bunch of you guys have sent books to me. Thank you so much for that. Uh, two of them I'm actually reading right now, and uh, we'll get you on the show soon. I uh, I promise. Once that studio is uh, is uh, going, we will uh, we'll 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 get the uh, interview section going, and uh, we have a merch page. I will start posting that in the notes section. If you want one of the shirts or any of the other things with the logo on it, uh, you can get them there. I'll be going to Anarchapoco and um, just talk to some of the organizers today about it. It's very cool, and I'm very excited for Anarchapoco. Um, I'll just be attending, though. I, I wasn't talking to them uh, about the, the show or anything, but I, I will be there. So so if anyone out there is going to Anarchapoco, hit me up, and, uh, and we can get together in Mexico. I'd love that. All right, so let's get into the 2024 predictions. Let's talk about what this year has coming. Because, you know, I kind of have an aversion to predictions because um, because of Q. Do you know what Q was? Q was like this movement where where uh, where people thought they were getting secret like intelligence messages from an insider uh, in the government. Q, uh, the letter Q, I, I guess, signifies like the highest level of security clearance. And so the idea was that somebody with... Q-level security clearance was was leaking details. But the problem was they were very cryptic. <laughs> they, were, they, were, they were not straightforward at all. They were much like, um, oh, who's that guy? Who, who's the uh, Nostradamus who just said a bunch of random shit and then people interpreted what they want from that. And so it kind of felt like a game 
the entire time. Like, if Q was this movement that was really meant to save the free world, wouldn't you just give people the straight dope? Like, wouldn't you want them to have clear instructions on how to save, like, the Western world, how to save the free world? No, no, I'm going to give them a bunch of puzzles to solve. So anyway, I always thought it was a little crazy. Uh, Basically, the first time I heard about it was because uh, I heard Alex Jones talking about it. And, um, you know, he said right off the bat to be skeptical. And, and so every time I saw it after that, I was looking at it really critically and, um, you know, it never materialized into anything. Um, all that, all that, um, I don't know, all that profound to me. So, uh, so I, I wasn't impressed with it ever. And, uh, you know, there are still people though, who like fully buy into it who think that like Trump is going to get back into office and have everyone arrested and that the reason things are so bad right now is because the public had to be shown just how bad the Democrats are or something like that. But um, (laughs) it is pretty bad, though. Anyway, I don't think uh, so. I don't like making predictions for that reason, but I'm going to do it anyway because I'm just going to put it on the record and we'll see what happens. No shame in my game. We all kind of feel like this shit's going off the rails, though, don't we? I mean, we all kind of feel like something's not right. I know we can all feel it because because it isn't. Uh, no matter where you stand politically um, or, or where your value set is, I think you can just look at what's going on in the country and go, you know, something's just not right. Something's just not working out. And, um, and it's definitely not. And uh, I think they're trying to tell us that, that that's the case. They're trying to prime us for what's to come. Because if you look at uh, at the entertainment right now, they're really setting us up for something crazy to happen, aren't they? Like this um, this Netflix show that Obama, uh, that Barack Obama produced called Leave the World Behind, where essentially the, the plot of the story is that there is, a, you know, a... Uh, electrical grid and communications grid outages and uh, people are living in this kind of uh, dystopian present. It's not even a dystopian future. It's like a dystopian present where uh, I guess there are like sort of marauding gangs and every man for themselves and stuff. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard a lot of people talk about it. And then there's another one. I just saw a trailer for a movie called Civil War. So in in this one, it's exactly what it sounds like. There's a civil war breaking out. And um, somehow the the movie makes it seem like Texas and California are allied in this and that, that, uh, you know, the government, the federal government's doing such a great job to try and help everyone. Anyway, it sounds preposterous and stupid, but it does seem like they're trying to float the idea of a civil war, which doesn't sound good to me. Uh, I don't know why they're going so hard on that one. And then the another trailer. I saw another trailer. It's called um, ISS. And, and the premise of this one was that uh, there's Russians and Americans on the International Space Station. And from the space station, they look down and they can see that a nuclear war is breaking out on Earth. Which, uh, which I'm definitely going to see that one because... I don't uh, I don't believe that they're actually in the International Space Station. That's not to say that they haven't ever been in the in the ISS. I think it's possible, but uh, I don't think they're up there right now. Also, um, I don't uh, I don't believe in nukes, really. I don't think that uh, that nuclear war could really happen, as they say. Um, yeah, I, we'll get into nukes another day, but I don't think nuclear weapons are what they say they are. So, um, so anyway, that seems like a good one. And because it's, you know, war with the United States and Russia, it's got a bunch of preposterous themes. I'm definitely going to want to check out and I'm going to be paying extra close attention in March. This is a, this is a crazy theory of mine, but my birthday is in March and it seems like everything kind of pops off in March. I always notice it seems like the origins of something always pop off in March and it's got precedent. I mean, you've probably heard of the Ides of March. It's uh, it's referring to like the middle part of March and um, it's generally seen as like a, 
I don't know, a bad omen or something, because that's when I think Julius Caesar was was assassinated. But there are other significant things that that happened around that time. World War II essentially started um, during the Ides of March, because uh, that is when Hitler, uh, he sent his troops to reoccupy the Rhineland. The Rhineland is this like strip of land between Germany and France, and it also borders... Um, Oh, geez, Belgium and uh, and the Netherlands. And so anyway, uh, that, that strip of land was basically under uh, a dispute for a long time and, uh, you know, World War I stuff. And anyway, uh, uh, that popped off. He sent his troops back in to the Rhineland, um, I believe on October, I'm sorry, uh, March, uh, I want to say 14th. But anyway, it was right around the middle of March. And if, uh, if you think about... Um, Ukraine, didn't Ukraine pop off like the end of February, the Ukraine war? So there's that. And then um, and then COVID, COVID started uh, basically, I think it was the 16th of March is when they declared the uh, the lockdown, the, the two weeks to slow the spread, which turned into, uh, you know, three years to slow the spread or whatever. But that one is right in that sweet spot. And again, because my birthday is is March 9th, right in the, the kind of middle there of March, I'm always paying attention when I read books or whatever, and I see March dates. For some reason, they just stick out at me. So maybe they just stick out to me, or maybe the Ides of March is a real thing. I don't know. I'm going to be paying attention to it. We shall see. So we know they're priming us for uh, for something, but... What could be the cause of the, uh, the the civil war and the leave the world behind scenarios? What could cause that? Well, um, the money collapse. That, that is the most uh, likely one that I see. Uh, we certainly know that there are money issues right now. Money is not, uh, it's not exactly what it used to be, right? <laughs> it definitely isn't working all that well. The Fed says they're going to pivot or they're going to correct course or whatever in 2024. But I think it's a little uh, too little too late, in my opinion. I don't think it's going to work. I don't know how you would infuse uh, much more faith into the market at this point. Because really, that's that's what the U.S. dollar is. It's it's a belief that uh, that those dollars you hold in your pocket are worth something. And every time we go to the store... And it takes a lot more of those dollars to buy the somethings that we're buying. Well, the faith erodes just a little bit more. And so, you know, short of something major, I don't think they're going to be able to restore that faith in the dollar because the, uh, you know, the the um, the inflation is uh, it's happening more and more rapid. It, it is accelerating now. I'm sure you've noticed it. You, you've you've seen it. We've all seen it at the grocery store. Uh, we we've seen it at the, you know the pump, the rent everywhere. It's just it's obvious that it's happening. But if you watch the news, they're going to tell you that uh, what do they say? Uh, inflation is on the decline, or we've got inflation handled, or something like that. They've they've always got some way to to uh, to tell you that what's happening to you is not really what's happening, but. The one thing that you must remember about inflation is they're using a statistical trick when they tell you that inflation is down. Because the thing about inflation is it's cumulative. It doesn't go down. That would be called deflation, but that's not what, what's happening. What's happening is, uh, you know, they'll take a, a snapshot of a month. And, uh, you know, when it's really bad, they're like, Oh, it's uh, whatever seven, eight, nine percent uh, um, inflation year over year. So they've they've taken that uh, uh, month and they've averaged it out, and they say it's uh, you know eight, nine, whatever percent. And because it's been that high uh, recently, now they can say inflation is down. Okay, so it's down, but down from what? Down from eight or nine percent or whatever. So. Let's say it was 8% last year or whatever. So now something that was $100 at the end of last year cost, cost you uh, $108 because it was 
but let's just say it's 5% this year. Does that mean that the product is now $105? No, that's not what that means. Does it mean it's $113? Closer to that. But it's actually $113.40 because, again, it's cumulative. So, so inflation didn't actually go down. The rate at which it increased has gone down. And so that's not really something to be proud of, especially when you're comparing it to the recent record highs. So anyway, keep that in mind when you see those inflation figures. And really, we don't need to look at those, right? All you got to do is go to the grocery store. You know it. <laughs> I know it. I can feel it. <laughs> and it's uh, it's not good. So, um, so I expect that to continue. Unfortunately, I do. And, um, you know, one of the things that may uh, bring it down or slow the rate or get them to their target, because, you know, about 2% is baked in. That's what we get with the, uh, the old Federal Reserve notes. 2% is their target. So it's never flat, but, uh, but they're shooting for 2% or, uh, or so they say. But the one thing that could change it or at least slow the rate significantly, I think, could be an election. <laughs> Uh, to me, it doesn't matter that much, but uh, yes, an election, I think, could do it. If you restore some faith in the market, you just prop up the dying currency for a little bit longer. And be, Because, by the way, this is the most important election of our lifetime, is it not? <laughs> is this not the most important? They say that every single year. Every single year is the most important election of our lifetime. Maybe it is. Maybe things are ramping up. <laughs> Maybe they're getting more and more important, but I have a feeling that they're not. Because what I think is going to happen is that, uh, yeah, I'll make a prediction. I think that Donald Trump is going to win the election. I do think he's, he's going to win. And uh, it's not because I think the people's voice will be heard. I think it's because that is the plan. <laughs> Ever since... Uh, Ron DeSantis was out there on the campaign trail. I had this sneaking feeling. I had this feeling that they're making things so bad. Because when you look at the Biden administration, you say like, wow, that's really, really bad. Like it's, it's pathetically bad. Even their spokesperson is so bad at the job that it feels like this is a humiliation ritual. It feels like... We're being punked. Well, maybe the reason that they're doing everything wrong, the reason they're making everything so bad is because the band is going to snap back the other way. And we're going to get some kind of right-wing authoritarian government. Because remember, the right-wing that we're used to is like the George W. Bushes and the uh, his uh, Poppy Bush before him. And um, and like Ron DeSantis types, and even you know, like like I said, the uh, the town committee wanted me to go uh, to go knock doors for Nikki Haley. That's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid the rubber band is going to snap back in the other direction, and people are going to be begging for that right wing authoritarian leadership. And um, that's the way I felt. So. I don't know if it'll be the, the right-wing authoritarian dictatorship right away because I do think Donald Trump is going to win. I think that's part of the plan. And uh, the reason I think uh, he's going to win is not because I think they want to do something about inflation or uh, or they want to give the right-wing a win, but I unfortunately think it's because they want to cause unrest. And I can't imagine something that would cause more unrest, more cities to burn more rioting, more violence than if Donald Trump was to be put back in the White House. If another election is stolen again, conservatives, the right wing, they're not going to do anything about it. It'll be the same as last year uh, or, you know, last election. It'll just get ignored in the news. No one will do anything about it. But if Trump gets put back in the White House, cities will burn. It will be like the summer of love 2020 all over again. And I think they want that. I mean, Klaus Schwab has has made that statement. It is going to be an angrier world. 
That's what he says. He wants an angrier world for some reason. I think that's a way to do it. I think that is how they're going to do it. They're going to, they're going to, you're going to start that, um, that civil war by putting Donald Trump back in the white house. I don't know. Um, but that's my prediction. I don't even know who he's going to run against. It seems unlikely he'll be running against, against Joe Biden. I just don't know that he can survive the campaign trail. He looks really frail and old. I mean, every once in a while they'll hop him up on some methamphetamines or something and he'll go out and give an okay speech, but off the cuff, off the cuff, the dude is like a dementia patient. So I just can't see him running against Donald Trump, uh, especially without a virus to hide in your basement with. I I don't um, I don't know. I, I, I can't really speculate who I think it's going to be. Obviously, everyone says it's going to be Gavin Newsom. It could be Gretchen Widmer. I think the dark horse in this, uh, which is not a uh, it's not a racist uh, joke, by the way. I, I think it's Big Mike. Um, I think Michelle Obama. Could be the one who comes in and uh, and and uh, and could actually win it from from Donald Trump, but I don't think that's part of the plan. Again, I think the plan is to uh, to get everyone angry and to burn it to the ground. Uh, I think immigration is going to to continue to increase. Um, and again, I'm not like a, a border hawk. I don't think we should uh, completely slam the border shut or anything like that. The immigration. Um, it, it doesn't bother me that much. But the problem with this immigration, like if it was just uh, totally organic and, uh, you know, there was just, uh, I don't know, whatever, a slightly porous border, that might be okay. But this border crisis that we're seeing right now is completely inorganic and it's being made to happen. And it's being made to happen to uh, create more of this unrest and, uh, and quite possibly could lead to, uh, you know, the downfall of our country. A couple episodes back, we talked about Rome and how the immigration uh, really became a problem uh, in Rome. And so, again, left to kind of, uh, you know, natural forces without government intervention, I think that uh, that immigration wouldn't be that big of a problem. But there is uh, just this massive wave of like single military age men coming in. They're not just coming from Mexico and some other poor South American countries. There are people coming across the Southern border from, from China, from Africa and uh, from all over the world. Um, I heard in one news broadcast, they said, uh, they said it was just basically a, a, a small caravan of all uh, Russian men who were coming across the Southern border. So the border is um, very much open. Very, very much open, and um, and a lot of different people are coming through. And again, I'm, I don't so much have a problem for with it if it's like people, you know, families coming to seek a better life, people who are, you know, wanting to work hard and to to take part in this uh, this American experiment. I, th I think that's okay. But when it's a bunch of military age men, it certainly does make me think that uh, that these could be military men. Because it's not out of the realm of possibility that what's happening is that foreign governments are sending in like a destabilization force. It's 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 not unreasonable because the U.S. does it, and we have done it in the past. It's called Project Gladio, and this was the the U.S.'s plan. You know, when we left these uh, these areas that we you know, whatever, uh, have wars and coups or whatever. We leave a stay behind network. We leave these people in the country and they are, you know, spies or agitators. And essentially they do the bidding of our deep state. So it's perfectly reasonable for me to think that, you know, during this destabilization effort of the United States, foreign governments could easily send Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. At this point, uh, you could feasibly have gotten millions of, uh, of people into the country who could be activated at a certain time and, uh, you know, just basically start causing chaos. Because if there is some kind of infrastructure crisis in the U.S. and these, uh, you know, these um, uh, agent provocateurs or these... Uh, 
uh, agents of foreign governments who are here to uh, cause chaos. Well, they could really add to that chaos in a major way. They could even, you know, get involved in violence um, if they're activated that way. So another reason to get prepared. And, you know, certainly I would just appreciate some consistency on the topic. Because although I'm not a big border hawk, we have been told for the last 22 odd years that, you know, terrorism was this huge threat to national security. In fact, they passed the Patriot Act in the wake of 9-11 so that we could essentially monitor uh, people and make sure that they are not doing any um, harm or planning anything to our country, blah, 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 whatever. It was all bullshit. It was meant to be turned against us, the people of America. But anyway, the whole thing was we got to know what these people are up to. And now... People are just screaming, you know, streaming across the southern border uh, with, without, you know, any sense for who they might be. Could they be terrorists? Could South America just be emptying their prisons into our country because they're a burden? Well, I don't know because nobody's concerned with it anymore. The, uh, you know, the deep state is is concerned with, uh, you know, white supremacy or uh you know, whatever, Call, uh, calling uh, U.S. citizens uh, terrorists instead of, I guess, looking for actual terrorists as they uh, walk easily across the border into the country. So anyway, I, uh, I certainly hope that, uh, you know, that, that something happens there. I, I hope we take that a little bit more seriously. Again, I don't want to close it at all, but um, it does seem like an like an invasion uh, is going on. And, it, and, and when it's just all young men. You know, these aren't families coming across. These are basically just a bunch of young men. You got to wonder why it is they're coming over here. So anyway, uh, stay prepared. <laughs> Strap up. And, uh, you know, it does seem like it's being done on purpose, though. It really does seem like it's being done on purpose because, like, an inept, inefficient government, they would just, you know, they, they'd get it right sometimes. They would, you know, they would... They would uh, Every once in a while, just happen to get it right if they were just inept, but they're not. This is intentional. It's definitely intentional. Uh, we know this because, you know, they're deliberately stifling efforts to get the border closed. And it just makes me wonder, just makes me wonder why that is. I think the, uh, the culture wars will continue to ramp up. I think we will see, uh, like I, like I said, in the, in the, um, Klaus Schwab, sort of the world will become an angrier place. Well, that's going to continue to in the culture war. Now, the reason for the culture war is not because these things are so important. I believe I've mentioned this before. Does it really matter, you know, what bathroom you, uh, whatever, feel like you should be able to use if you're a, or a transgender, which makes up so such a tiny portion of the population, it's, it's hardly significant. And uh, they're concentrated, you know, in like New York City and L.A. and stuff. It's really not a problem. But they want you to think it's a problem. They really want you to be focused on these culture wars. Because if you're focused on the culture war, you're not focused on the real stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. If you're focused on the culture war, you're not paying attention to the monetary collapse. You're not paying attention to the uh, uh, the, the the rapid inflation, I guess, unless you're at the grocery store. You're not paying attention to the ineptitudes of the government. You're not paying attention to the border because you're afraid you'll be called a racist. And so that is the role of these like Daily Wire type news outlets. If you've noticed... The only thing that the Daily Wire and a lot of these other kind of right-wing alt-news sources are doing is they're just, like, being mad at the left. That's really all it's meant to do is to make you mad at the left side. And so, I don't know, maybe it'll get you out there to vote Republican or something. I don't know. But the real point of it is just to keep you focused. It's a sleight-of-hand trick. They want you to stay focused on stuff that doesn't really matter. Because... I believe it was Henry Ford, it was Henry Ford, who said that if the American people 
woke up tomorrow and realized what the banking system was all about, there would be a revolution by morning. That's what he said. That's not a quote, obviously. I don't remember the exact quote, but he's right about that. He's right. So they don't want you focused on the real stuff, the money, the government, the real stuff. They want you focused on the dumb stuff so that uh, so that you won't realize how bad they're screwing you. You'll be mad, but uh, but it's about stuff that doesn't matter in the end. Now, uh, speaking of intentional, I did say that uh, that this is intentional. The wars will continue. The real wars, not just the culture wars. The real wars will continue. The hot wars, you know, the ones with guns and bombs and tanks and stuff in in foreign countries. And um, those wars uh, will continue. And um, the primary reason is uh, because of Nikki Haley. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> it could be if she's in office. Yeah, it could be. She is the war candidate after all. <laughs> but uh, no, the, the real reason that they, they want them to continue is because war is... Um, Again, we, we talked about it in the, the uh, uh, episode about Romans. You know, war is a tool. It's a tool that is used to, you know, uh, to, to, to mix things up. Markets rely on volatility. The people who make the big money make money on the change. If a market is just steadily increasing little by little, that's not big enough for the market makers. So they make their money with crisis. And uh, like we've talked about before, the banks will fund both sides of the war. And these wars aren't necessary. They're not necessary. All wars since the Revolutionary War have been totally unnecessary for America's involvement. I know. That's not a popular opinion because you're like, well, wait a sec, wait a sec, wait a sec. We did a lot of good in those wars. And yes, like I certainly appreciate the sacrifice that was made by all those men in those wars because I do believe that they thought that, uh, you know, these wars were necessary. For the longest time, I thought they, they were too. But, you know, the Civil War now after the fact, we're told that, you know, we went to the, we got in a civil war to free the slaves. And wasn't that a noble thing? 700,000 Americans died in this civil war because, uh, you know, for, for, for black Americans, right? That's not really what the war was about, though. That was used as a, as a tool in the war to get certain support from certain sectors. And I'm not saying that uh, the South would have, you know, immediately given up on on slavery had the you know the civil war gone differently but the world was trending uh at that time uh in that direction the western world i should say was trending away from slavery mechanization was on the rise and so slavery was sort of going away anyway but with these wars they have to create a a moral outrage and then a, and then a subsequent moral victory to get you to support the wars and so that's what they did with the uh, with the civil war it was really about a land dispute because the federal government wanted to keep the union together wanted to keep uh, the country as a whole and so that's exactly what it was the south was like uh we're taking our ball and we're going home and this is our land and the federal government was like yeah no you're not that's still our land. We still rule over you, and you're not going to leave. And, uh, you know, along the way, they uh, they threw in the story of slavery. But, uh, you know, the federal government didn't really care about slavery. They didn't really care. The governments don't care about the morals. Those are inserted later uh, or during or, or after the fact or whatever to get us to agree with these wars. World War I, we definitely didn't need to get involved in World War I. World War I was the result of essentially small conflicts escalating and then treaties, agreements, contracts, blah, 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 blah. The whole thing spiraled out of control in a, in a, in a rather pointless way. And you might be saying, well, World War II was justified, right? Because uh, we had to go to war to, to uh, you know, save the Jews from the Nazis. Except not really, because the thing about World War II that is also a lot of revisionist history is you might assume that we got into that war to save the Jews from being killed. 
Except we didn't actually know about that. That wasn't a thing when we entered the war. In fact, we didn't even find out about the atrocities and the deaths and the genocide of the Jewish people until the war was over. That's the official history. So why did we get involved in it? Well, we got involved in it for much the same reason we got involved in World War I. Again, these are treaties. These are agreements. And um, the thing to remember uh, about World War II and um, the, the reason why you know Germany was so aggressive in that war is because they were essentially at the ass end of World War I. They got the short end of the stick, and there were such strict sanctions put on Germany that they were being bankrupted. Essentially, the people in Germany were, you know, starving and, uh, you know, terrible economically. And, uh, you know, essentially Hitler came to power and he's like, listen, I'm going to change it up. Uh, national socialism. We're keeping everything internal. And, uh, you know, for a short amount of time, he really did turn the economy around. Again, as I have mentioned, I'm not much for national socialism at all. Um, so, you know, it's not exactly what, what I would prefer. I'm just saying they give us these narratives after the fact to make us support these wars. But really the only reason that we're going to war is because the powerful people want to get us into these wars. There are absolutely ways to, to, uh, to diplomatically handle these things. But, you know, we have psychopaths with with big egos in charge and, um, and they feel like their territory is getting stepped on. And uh, then they send all of us to die. So don't support the wars. Don't support them. There is no reason whatsoever for us to get involved in Ukraine, for us to get involved in Israel, for us to get involved in Taiwan. We don't need to get involved in any of these wars. And by the way, by the way, speaking of of treaties and, and uh, agreements and how these, uh, you know, cause wars, get us into wars, think about what's going on in Israel right now. If Israel wasn't allied with the United States, they would never do what they're doing right now. Never. Because they have a lot of neighbors that are not exactly friendly with them. If they didn't have the full weight of the U.S. military behind them, they would not be mistreating and killing the Palestinians the way that they are. So these treaties, these alliances, they have consequences. That's why I am, you know, uh, an isolationist. I want to bring all of our troops home, and the only reason we ever get into a war is if it comes to our borders. That's it. That's it. So anyway, don't support the wars, please. Uh, those those will ramp up. And uh, like I said, especially if uh, Nikki Haley gets into office. Don't let her get into office either. I won't be knocking on any doors on her behalf. And like we, we talked about, uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a war that destables. There could be a lot of other things. Could be the uh, the, the major events that, that I kind of mentioned, the power outage, the internet outage. And uh, if one of those things happens, you can be sure that they're going to blame it on a right winger. They're going to blame it on a Trump supporter or something like that. So if and when that happens, just chill for a minute. Just wait. Just wait for the information to come out. Because in the end, it's probably not going to be what they say it is. Fortunately, like I said, I don't think there's going to be a nuclear war. I don't think nukes are possible. I don't think nuclear weapons, the way they say they have them, exist in the way that they do. And interestingly enough, I just watched that movie, um, Oppenheimer, and you would think that that movie would reinforce the idea that nukes are real, but it didn't. It just, to me, reinforce the idea that they were up against a wall and they had to fake it because that's actually what I think would happen. I think Hiroshima and Nagasaki were carpet bombed with conventional bombs and uh, they did this much like the moon landing to, uh, to front like they had the technology. And I don't think that that technology has really uh, manifested uh, in a way that uh, that is what the bombs say they are because Here's the thing. If we came out and we said, look, we just bombed Japan. We have this bomb. And they go, uh, no, you don't. You don't have that bomb because it's impossible to make. 
Well, then, if they said that, they wouldn't be able to use that um, against us. So what happened was we made the we we said we made the bomb. We said we dropped the bomb, and then somebody like Russia is like, yeah, guess what? Now we have the uh, atomic bomb. Now we have the nuclear bomb. Now we couldn't say no, you don't. That's impossible. So we just had to go. Oh yeah. Well, we made a super-duper nuclear bomb. And they said, yeah, well, we made a super-duper 100X nuclear bomb. And that's kind of where we're at today. If you listen to the uh, the media about it, uh, you'll hear these crazy claims that, uh, you know, Russia or whatever has these nuclear weapons that are, you know, a thousand times stronger than the one that went off in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, whatever. But anyway, I don't really think any of them are real. I hope I'm right on that one. So with all my other predictions, I kind of hope I'm wrong because they're not great. But I hope I'm right on the nuclear one. Well, the last thing I want to mention about 2024, it's a doozy. (laughs) Let me tell you. And this one isn't even my prediction, but it is a prediction about 2024. And it's been pretty popular for the last couple of years. And that is... Deagle. Have you heard of the Deagle report? Now, Deagle is essentially one of these military industrial complex companies. They don't make bombs or or guns or tanks or anything like that. What they do is they make projections. They make data sets. um, they They make information. They gather information that the military uses for logistics stuff. So if you're going into, uh, say, a country for an occupation and you want to know the demographic makeup and you want to know where there's whatever, groundwater, uh, what the power generation capability is, or even what the population numbers are, well, those are provided to the military um, well, one of them is is Deagle, this company. So they handle numbers and stuff for logistics. And they're a very real company. It's a real company that produces real data for the military. The problem is they also produce population forecasts that go into the future. One of those population forecasts It's been around on their website for quite some time. I want to say that it popped up in about 2016, but it didn't really start gaining much traction until recently with COVID going on because it seemed really crazy and there was no context for it. But what it showed was that by 2025, so basically where we're at now and this year, 2024 is the time that we're talking about for this thing to come true. So by 2025, it shows that the population of essentially the entire Western world is going to be down by about 70%. It's big numbers. Essentially what the Deagle report shows that by the year 2025, the population is going to be down in huge amounts. In the U.S., uh, it says about 68% down. In the U.K., population reduction by about 72%. It shows some huge drops in population. But why is that? Why in the world would a company that does population forecasts or population projections show the population reducing by 70% in the westernized countries. It is peculiar, isn't it? That's why it's been making the rounds. Now, they've since taken this report off of their website because people started to notice it. They took it off, but they were questioned. A couple of journalists have gotten to them and asked them, about why those projections showed such a drastic depopulation. And their answer was pandemics 
and economic collapse. Ooh. <laughs> well, that's no good because we had the pandemic already and we had the shots that came after the pandemic and we know how those are working, but we haven't had the economic collapse and we haven't seen a 70% reduction in the population either. And I certainly pray that we don't. But as the Deagle report shows, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen in 2024. And so I don't put a lot of faith in the projections from this military industrial complex company, because after all, they are just projections that they came up with. But maybe they know something that we don't. And why did they reference pandemics and economic collapse? What's going to happen with the economy this year? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But buckle up. Because 2024 is going to be a wild ride. Let me tell you. The last... Jeez. Oh, since, <laughs> since, since Trump got elected, I guess, is when politics and the world collectively just started to lose its mind. So it's been a wild ride since then. There's been a lot to talk about and really a lot of entertaining stuff to focus on. Again, this is some pretty heavy stuff, but it is entertaining. You have to admit, it's kind of fun to pay attention to. I certainly think so. But anyway, everything until now, for some reason, tells me that it's going to pale in comparison to 2024. 2024 is going to be a wild ride. <laughs> And so that's why I chose, well, hold on. The, the song that I chose, let me weave this tale for you because I chose a song, but this might give you some insight onto how my, uh, how my crazy mind works. So I was thinking that the song, let me back up even further. <laughs> Sorry. For Christmas, my son's got a, uh, a Tony box a Tony box is this little uh, dystopian nightmare. <laughs> it's a cube that uh, you put little characters on top of, little figurines. And each one of these figurines uh, plays a different set of songs or tells a story or something like that. That's what a Tony box is. But their favorite one, their favorite character is the Lion King version. The Lion King character that plays the Lion King songs and stuff. And so it had me thinking about the Lion King and that song, Be Prepared. I was like, that is the perfect song for this episode because we got to be prepared, right? But, um, but I actually couldn't find a version of that song that I liked very much. Normally, I try to find a fun version of that song. But I did think of a band that I really like that plays Disney songs. They play quite a few Disney songs. And since last week we played a ska song by Real Big Fish, I thought, you know what? Let's just do let's just do the Suburban Legend song, I Just Can't Wait to Be King. The Suburban Le and and also uh when I when I, my wife and I met, uh, we were I don't know dating for a couple of months. By the time New Year's happened, and we went to New Year's uh, Eve night in uh, Disneyland, and the Suburban Legends happened to be playing a show in downtown Disneyland, and uh, they did all their Disney songs. So I've actually seen them perform this song live, and uh, it was during a New Year's celebration. So it's although the lyrics to this song don't fit well. Uh, into the episode the song has significance for me and so here you go this is the suburban legends with uh with the song i just can't wait to be king which is a lion king song which is uh because of the tony box my kids got for christmas and until next time everyone see you later
say to me. <laughs>